Welcome to a reminder episode of the La Brea Purveya. I am your purveyor, Pete Phillips, and the show is coming back January 31st. Last episode of this podcast, when I gave Christmas gifts to all the characters, I alluded to something big coming before the mid-season return, and while I did actually write a La Brea sitcom episode, I don't have enough voices to record it for you. It's not terribly deep, but it concentrates on life at the clearing, not jumping through time and teasing giant predators, just making do with what's around. And while I hope to get a virtual table read on that, I have to put that on pause because La Brea is coming back. How can we best prepare? Well, we could recap everything that has happened since the beginning of the show, but that's what all the past episodes of this podcast do. So instead, let's think about what might be to come. Now, this is a totally old interview back from November, but David Applebaum met with TV Fanatic, and they had a sit-down. I don't think that there was anything groundbreaking in the interview, except that Applebaum is very cagey, and he has a right to be. For one, we have Gavin and his visions again, and this keeps coming up. One of the things that we thought we were rid of has returned. So Gavin used to have visions of his childhood, and now, as many fans point out, he's allegedly having future visions too. This is a step too far for some because it changes the rules. A lot. They explain the visions as memories of the past before, so they weren't really visions. They were more like hidden memories. So that means that the guy who thought that he had visions before, but they turned out to be memories, is actually having visions now and their premonitions. Like, that's weird. It would be one thing if he actually did have disconnected from himself visions of the past and now he can see the future. Then he would sort of be a time lord of some sort. But I feel like we should, you know, give somebody else a shot. Let Izzy have the visions. She's not doing anything on the show at all so tv fanatic asked are gavin's visions returning significant to what they will find in 10,000 bc when the show returns applebaum says the most important thing will be gavin's vision of eve's death that's something that will be a driving force of the story through the back half of the season it's going to influence the choices that they're making now that they know that eve's death is a possibility down there It's going to increase the drama of whether or not they're going to be able to make it home and the drama of being down there knowing that at any moment, what's right around the corner could be something that takes Eve's life. So, it's going to up the stakes for the back half of the season. When they asked about James, Applebaum offers the obvious. They need James to get out of the portal to get home, but they don't know him well enough to trust him and Caroline doesn't trust him at all. And if they trust Caroline, she's married to blowing up the portal to stop the holes, which means they can't go home. So I see a push and pull between James and Caroline probably lasting a few episodes at least. When they ask if Levi's character is done, Applebaum says, quote, I don't want to give anything away about his character, which tells me that Levi's not gone yet. But we also don't know how complicated his return will be. Lucas is emerging as a new fan favorite. When they asked about him, we see Applebaum being a little coy about the infection that he has slash had. He'll have, quote, residual effects, and that will affect his personal growth. He says, quote, Can Lucas live up to the promise he made to his mom and continue his evolution toward becoming a better person? 
that will go hand in hand with some of the physical effects that are residual from what's happened to him in episode six after being tased in their attempt to get into the building. When asked about the show beyond season two, he said, I've had ideas for season three for a long time, but we're starting to map it out. The end of season two leaves us with several cliffhangers, which I don't want to give away yet because there is a lot of show for people to watch. We're plotting season three and got ideas deep into the future. As far as putting a specific date on the show, I never wanted to do that. We've always had ideas for future stories, but we want to stay fluid because it's the kind of show that can evolve, grow, and stay for a long time. And it seems that NBC is making it more likely to do so by keeping the 10 o'clock time slot and not giving it back to local affiliates, which I'd previously mentioned on this show. At least for the upcoming season, NBC Universal executives are telling advertisers that the network will continue to invest in procedurals during primetime. Not only are Dick Wolf's Law & Order and One Chicago franchises major linchpins of the broadcaster's schedule, but they are also looking to expand the procedural genre by looking for titles that are a little more outside of their well-worn box. Deadline is also reporting that the company is attempting to land a spiritual successor to the family drama This Is Us, as well as the medical procedural New Amsterdam. Both were audience favorites, and NBC would like to have new content to keep those viewers engaged with the network. The interconnected One Chicago and Law & Order universes each currently occupy an entire night of programming, so cutting the 10 o'clock hour might not be in the network's best interest. However, I personally don't see La Brea morphing in any way to make up for This Is Us or New Amsterdam. It is truly its own beast. So another thing we could do to prepare ourselves for the mid-season premiere would be to watch that preview that came after the mid-season finale. So let's do that now. Hey, where's Josh? I don't know. I thought he'd be with you two. There's no sign of him. Looks like a knife wound. Why, it was murdered. Everyone's a suspect. We only have a few... Now somebody gets murdered. Okay, so let's back up really quick here. That's just a guy. Why, it was murdered. It says Wyatt? So earlier that episode, in the episode, we must meet Wyatt. Looks like a knife wound. Wyatt was murdered. Everyone's a suspect. We only have a few hours. We need to head for the building and upload the virus. The red tree. It's a two-hour event, and now we're looking at Eve with the red leaves or flowers around her in the vision that she dies but you know like there's even part of this vision where i'm looking at it and i'm like it doesn't she looks like she's sleeping maybe i don't know that she's dead your vision only grow here in 10,000 bc this is where she dies at the end eve falls into a hole so i guess that's all we got yeah just music towards the end i also didn't mention at the beginning yeah that josh is missing um at the end of episode seven leading into episode eight you guys know how i feel about josh so i'm not really going to put a lot of stake in that right now i'm sure he'll just show up and, and everything will be fine but yeah you know it doesn't really show us a lot about what i'm looking for which is a little bit of information about lucas scott again i've become so partial to these side characters because the central characters are kind of getting really annoying and they have to be annoying in order to move the plot ahead. Otherwise, we would really just move through this very logically and without incident. So 
that's a little bit about the upcoming episode eight and maybe episode nine for all i know so it feels like some fans of the show are calling for eve's death gavin had a vision of her death and people seem interested in it happening and i'd be interested in it if natalie z has other acting options the problem is the character not the actor she's grown kind of tiresome to most people because of her constant guilt past bad decisions and that damn love triangle with levi and gavin we are hoping that the love triangle is over because levi is gone but he's not really gone is he anyway what would eve's death bring to the show gavin's motivations are already so blind and solely tied to his family if he loses eve he kind of loses the thing that he's been chasing the whole entire series something that traumatic might make him give up on everything it could make him into a bad guy like his father Ah, who knows it's a shame that fans don't love eve as much as i think she deserves i don't see anyone at all saying that eve is their favorite character but the show did open on her so she seems really significant it seems weird that she would go away but maybe a young eve will somehow emerge or an old eve Anyway, I'm doing what therapists call spiraling, so let's just wrap this sucker up. I will be back as soon as I can piece things together after the mid-season premiere. And let's hope that there are some giant animals, because this human drama stuff is really just a holdover until the next time we see a really big animal, like an ancient bison or a Hagerman horse. If you enjoy this show, please feel free to subscribe. You can rate it too, but honestly, I forget to look at those. You can shoot me an email at shout at yallheard.me, which is the email for the parent show to this podcast, Y'all Heard. But I promise if it is related to La Brea, then I will definitely direct it to myself for this show. <laughs> if a voicemail is more your style, that is 570-POD-WAD-1. Thanks for listening, and I will talk at you a little bit more after the 31st. You know, February 2nd is Groundhog Day. That'd be really cool if they had a giant prehistoric groundhog.